When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the Wolverine Live. Great to have you with us once again. I'm John Borton, and with us, as always, one Mr. Tom Crawford. He of uh, Press Pass fame on Fox. You can see him on Sunday nights and catch up with all the latest uh Back and forth between he and Jack Ebling and guys like Rico Beard and all kinds yeah. of fun there. And yeah. obviously Tom has his own. I would say probably most of the folks that uh, are on this have probably checked it out by now. But if you haven't, check out the Crawford Podcasting Network. He comes up with some uh, unique and interesting items. Tom, great to have you with us. Oh, it's great to be here, JP. Um, getting closer. Yeah, and we're what a week away up, you know, a week from today or a week from uh, you know, tomorrow morning. Yes, sir. Uh, Big Ten Media Days kicks off uh, the new commissioner at 10 30 down there at Lucas Oil and um, Ken the Candy Store. I always describe myself Big Ten Media Days. I'm a college football, Big Ten football nerd. I, I want to talk to everybody, I want to get as much content as I as I can. And uh, I really look forward to this event a lot, JB. Oh, no doubt. I mean, it's, we're going to talk a little bit about this, but it's kind of that time where, Hey, wait a minute, there's a football season coming. And there's, yes, there are, there's some left of summer, but uh, it's going to go like that. Now (laughs) we know we're going to talk a whole lot about uh, Big Ten Media Days next week and the week after that, but we're going to give a little taste of it today because, you know, that's uh, a lot of minds are on that. You've already heard who's going to be there from the various schools, and that gets you thinking about things. We know that uh, Blake Corum and Chris Jenkins and Mike Sainristil are going to represent Michigan at the Media Days. I've got my own thoughts about that, but I want to hear yours first. Tom Crawford, these three guys, why are they there? And uh, how do you think, uh, well, I guess, what are you interested in hearing from them? Well, I mean, you, you're three stellar guys, three, you know, quality kids. I mean, use all the cliches you want. They're all appropriate. And, 
being with Blake, I mean, him coming back, I mean, my God, that's just unbelievable. Um, rebound, you know, rebounding from the injury and then Harvey, his coach telling him he needs to leave and he's still coming back and the leadership qualities of him. Obviously, Chris Jenkins, we've talked about him quite a bit. I have. I'm a huge Jenkins fan. I, I just think he got that NFL DNA that, um, I mean, you can tell that's just how he's bred. He, and he's a, he's a fun guy. You can tell he's a team guy. And then Mikey Sainer still, I mean, I keep telling that story, um, about, you know, he had the janitor at the football building, close the players lounge because it wasn't being kept up enough and had locked down for a, a week or so, whatever the amount of days it was. And that's a, that's a sign of leadership. But you know what? I mean, these three guys, quality, I mean, obviously legitimate, and I can see why why they're there. But, my God, I go through that roster, just like we talked about, JB, with who are the captains going to be. And this doesn't necessarily mean the – I mean, whoever the reps are at Big Ten Media Days is not equating the captains. I mean, they, these three well could be. Uh, and there could be a, a couple more added to them. I think it's going to be a five-person coaching – or a captaincy this year. But, I mean, you could have – Eight to ten to twelve other more representatives. They yeah. would all be. They would be literally equally worthy as these three, and that's the makeup of this team. That that's why I'm so excited about this team. It's got depth in not only talent but character, kids. Yeah, there's no question about it. And here's one observation I'll throw at you. Sometimes in these uh, Big Ten meetings, I have had the sense in the past that Michigan coaches. Uh, would send those least likely to say anything controversial. <laughs> and that might equate to least likely to say anything uh, terribly interesting. Yes. Absolutely not the case with these guys. No, no, Chris Dickens, I, I mean, come on. I mean, I to two of the three of them for the, the football preview. And yeah. uh, I'm, I, they are just, intriguing guys and fascinating guys and fired up guys who will be very gut honest with you. Blake Corum. I mean, we've all talked to him. We've heard from him. We know what he's like. Not all that long ago. He basically said that the 2023 season is going to be a disappointment. If Michigan doesn't win the national championship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how far this program has come. And that's, how much Blake Corum is willing to put things out there in in making that kind of statement. I'm sure yeah. people want to follow up with him. And but he doesn't back down from anything. He doesn't back down from an opponent and he doesn't back down from a microphone in terms of, okay, I'm gonna tell you how it is. And uh but the the kid is just a young man, excuse me, is uh, someone we've seen grow so much. Uh, over the, the last couple of years. Chris Jenkins has the motor that just will not quit. I mean, the, the stories about him when he was growing up, It uh, make sure you check him out in the Wolverine football preview because they give you an idea where he's coming from and how he has always been. Guy walks into the room and that team gets fired up because they know how fired up he is. And uh, he is going to be a real leader on this team. And I would expect, um, you know, you said that, that that doesn't necessarily equate to being captains, but I, I would be surprised if uh, if these three weren't. Mike Sainer still, I've talked about him uh, more than once. 
just the maturity and the, the leadership. Here's one I want to see about from Mike Sainer still. We know that Cade Stover from Ohio State is going to be there as well. So I'm wondering if we can get a picture of Mike Sainer still tipping the microphone away from Cade Stover as he's talk. What that's why, why that's why they have Michigan and Ohio State on separate days, just for that reason that you yeah, said. Yeah, but I mean you can you could get there early or you can yeah, get I know. <laughs> why I not? Know. There, you know, it this everybody remembers the player. The player, yeah. Aid Stover with that shirt touchdown in his hands, and Mike Sainer still tipping that ball away. One of the iconic oh, plays. In recent Michigan Ohio State history, and just was absolutely huge, helped in the downfall of uh, that was still a game at that time. And then, then you saw Donovan Edwards apply the coup de gras and put that game away. He and Michigan's offensive line. So, you know, I I, I think that they made very wise choices in who they sent, and it's not going to be a deal where. Uh, you're not getting any, any quotes out of these guys. They are confident. They know what they're talking about. And uh, they're willing to to really put it out there. You know, um, I want to I want to I want to bounce or dovetail off what you were talking about, about uh, is Harbaugh going to be concerned about getting guys that won't say, you know, bulletin board material and everything. Um because that's what happened. Remember when Taylor Lewan went to McCormick Place? Remember McCormick Place on Brady's, uh, I don't know, 2013 or whatever it was, 2012, 2013. Um, Taylor Lewan was the, the one of the Michigan representatives. I mean, and that was just <laughs> that was a that was a powder keg going off right there. I mean, as far as quotes, I mean, that's just a, there's no filter in Taylor Lewan. And but you know, and then and then it kind of got a little tight, you know, after that. And then when and then when Jim, you know, in the 2021, I, I call that the turning point media days when all of a sudden bravado from Aiden Hutchinson uh, was a I think a son was a son Haskins there at that time too. I mean, it was just it was just different. I mean, these guys were confident. They were calling out their rivals as important games. So it changed in 2021, where I don't think that's a concern anymore, John, about I, I think there's a lot of try. I mean, I gotta say anything stupid or anything, but um I I, I I think they 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 feel more confident in these kids and and that you know that they're gonna whatever they say it's gonna be stuff that they can back up if you know what I mean. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And they have already they've pre backed up a lot because of what they've accomplished the last couple of years. Right. It, it is not bravado. They have proven what they can do. They want to take the next step. They're motivated to do that. And so, you know, I, I really think that uh, they will handle themselves well. And yet the, what you'll get will be very interesting and insightful interviews, in my opinion. Um, so is this the start of things for you? Is this the start of the Big Ten football meetings kind of signal the start <laughs> of, of uh, the, the football season for Tom Crawford? Well, it is it is one of those milestone things. I mean, it, you know, because you're you are for two days. I mean, you're just you know you're you're just shrouded with it. I mean, it's just it's all you think about. You're in a vacuum. It's it's Big Ten football. It's college football on a national scale because you got national media in there um, that that will be there. And um, 
there's that part. But actually, for me, it starts. It's always started since I was a kid. It started, you know, when I'm up north that first weekend in July. And you go to the grocery store up north, and you see Street and Smith back in the day. Uh, the college football preview, you go, or you see Lindy's or Athlon. And when you see that, I know you're just in the, you know, the start of summer, traditional summer up north, but man, you're thinking, wow, college, you're getting excited about college football and you're taking it down to the end of the dock and you're looking at all the previews and everything. And so that's what it is for me. And then it kind of builds up from there and media days is a big thing. And then when camp opens on, August 1st or whatever, um, then you got content every day and you're a month away. And that Labor Day weekend to me is magical because it's college football starts Thursday night and you got it Friday night. You got it Saturday, you got Sunday, um, no less. And it's it's and, and Monday. You got it every day that Labor Day weekend because the NFL kicks off the following weekend. and um, that that's got a holiday feeling to me, man. It's Merry Christmas to me. Yeah. To I have a big three that kind of uh coalesce to make it the start of the, the football season. Right before media days, almost unfailingly, the uh the Wolverine football preview yes. out. And uh that sort of leads us right into media days and it's heavy saturation with football. And right after media days is over, all of a sudden, these guys are going to fall camp. And we're starting to meet with coaches and meet with players that they'll trot out through the course of, uh, it depends on the fall, you know. I I, I think Jim Harbaugh is at the point where he'll let these guys come out in the fall a little bit and talk. Uh, That that was my expectation because of what they've accomplished. Uh, But those three things, I mean, boom, 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 they, they just fall. Uh, like that and it's like okay boy it's it's here now you get a little you have that little gap yet you have august where it is uh you know take that deep breath before you you're in it every single day but the fact that uh fall camp's going on we're getting reports that are coming out of fall camp and all that yeah i think to me uh this is really the time that it that it all gets rolling yeah, you know, you know, John, real quick, uh, you know, it takes me back to remember, remember the 2015 media days. I think it was in Chicago, and that was Harbaugh's first media day, right? Okay. Yeah. So um, before his first season, and he talked about we're going into the submarine. Remember that? And and you were, you know, it's like the players were saying, yeah, yeah. I told my parents, you're not, you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get a text from. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it was like, wow. And we really didn't hear much, you know, those, it's like before that Utah game, I think was the opener on the road. And um, it's different now, full access pretty much, you know, during the week, uh, during camp, you know, sprinkle here and there. And it's, uh, it's a whole, it's just a whole different look. And I, I like it a lot better now. Yeah. So when we get down to Indianapolis for media days, you, I know you always have uh, some questions kicking around in your mind, but, my first one to you is this. What are the coaches? Who are the coaches that uh, Tom Crawford will be most interested in checking in with? <laughs> um, I, obviously, uh, no Pat Fitzgerald to uh, 
to pick on or to yeah. listen to. So uh, where what what's Tom Crawford's first move in terms of uh, wanting to hear from a coach? Well, you know, uh, let's start with Northwestern. I mean, I want to hear what, what David Braun, the, the, the D.C. interim head coach, has to say. This takes me back to Lloyd Carr in 95. Remember after Gary Moeller lost his job in the late spring or early summer, whatever that was in Southfield? You know, um, I want to hear what he has to say. And I wonder, I want, I'm curious to know how the media, during the, we had 15 minutes in that, I call that a general session, you know, everybody's, but it's a scrum that I like, you know, when they go into the little booths, that's where you get more, you know, the, where the questions are, you know, it's more free flow. And it's, uh, I, I like that better. You learn more, but you know, day one, um, obviously, uh, Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. I want to hear what Mel Tucker has to say. Right, that's yeah. the way I am. Um, um, and then, and then Ryan Day once again. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. I want to hear what Ryan Day has to say. And I get such a kick out of the Ohio State media. Um, and it's as oh my God, it's a mob down there. You know what that's like? Five, six deep around there, and um. Just that whole – I think Ryan Day does a really good job in the in the media scrum. I mean, he does it as well as up front. But yeah. um, I, like, I like to listen to good communicators. Ryan Day is a good communicator. Yeah, I don't – you know, I, I don't, you know, like his school. I don't like anything about Ohio State, but I like to hear him talk. And I'm telling you what, and this, I'm talking about day one right here, Kirk Ferentz. Why? Because he's eloquent and classy. And he answers your question, and I really enjoy that. Day two – um. The new guys, right? I want to hear the new guys. So that'd be um, Ryan Walters of Purdue and Matt Rule of Nebraska because they're new. Um, well, Luke Fickle of Wisconsin. I got three newbies, right? And then Harbaugh. I want to hear Harbaugh. We have to wait. You know, Harbaugh's got the you know anchor leg. He's he's running the end of the relay of the last uh, coach to present in terms of the general session, the first session right. on, uh, on Thursday at, uh, you know, 12.15, whatever. And, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh leads it off, obviously, but uh, in in terms of interest from the Michigan contingent. Yeah, that's obvious. Yeah. That's there's obvious. no question about that. But you named all of my big three in terms of uh, gets beyond Harbaugh because yeah. obviously uh, Mel Tucker and Ryan Day, what I will be interested in, what Michigan fans will be interested in, uh, they each will have to field a question about the University of Michigan football team. And yeah. no, no doubt about it. With Michigan State, you've got the bad blood. You've got the, the incident last year. Uh, you've got Michigan pretty well blowing the, the Spartans off the field and the Spartans wanting to get back after what happened there. Uh, Ryan Day, two in a row. He has he's had an easy time in the Big Ten uh, beyond what uh, has happened in the last two Michigan games. But those are the games in terms of what Ohio State fans are looking at. So uh, Mel Tucker will have to uh, answer to some of the things that are going on with his team and his program, especially vis-a-vis -vis Michigan, Ryan Day. Then you've got, like I said, you can win all the games in the world, but if you're not winning against Michigan, uh, there, there, 
they start to rumble down there in Columbus. And uh, as you mentioned, Kurt Ferentz, unfailingly uh, helpful and a guy that, you know, he'll he'll answer your questions. He'll be respectful. He'll listen. He doesn't like, uh, you know, get this get this over with. Uh, He I, I really I respect him in terms of how he deals with the media. You know, well, we'll exactly. We'll exactly. inevitably have somebody say, well, yeah, but what about this and this? Or, OK, I'm talking to you about how he interacts. Yeah. We have yeah. interacted with coaches who uh, who weren't that way. Believe me. And the other thing with Kurt Ferentz is the fact that, you know, he's got a couple of pretty darn high profile former Wolverines. Yeah. Uh, could really play a role for his team. And uh, so you know, want to want to check out uh, first impressions there. So it, I, I think that those three, uh, and you mentioned them all, are are high on my list. How about players from opposing teams that you they they set the list out this year, and uh, guys that Tom Crawford would wouldn't mind uh, hearing from and uh, and tapping their uh, tapping their brain a little bit. Well. Obviously, uh, preoccupation with the rivals. I mean, I want to hear all three Ohio State guys um, and all three Michigan State guys. But back to those, one of those Ohio State guys, Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I swear, I, I think this guy is the most talented Big Ten player I can remember in a long, long time. I'm telling you what. Um, until he got hurt in that Georgia game, Jesus, he didn't get hurt. Ohio State would have won the national championship. How scary is that? I mean, I just think he's that good. And, I, 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 you know, I like to hear how he handles himself and with all these accolades. The other um, – Megan, our producer, will enjoy this as a Nebraska grad. Uh, Jeff Sims, a transfer um, from Georgia Tech, who is now going to be quarterback at Nebraska. Uh, when you combine a new quarterback, you got Matt Rule. Matt Rule is a high-profile coach. I mean, Nebraska is going to be an interesting story line i think this year i'm not saying just because you gotta you know you you just got a a clean slate and everybody's excited all over again um as they often do when when there's a coaching change but i think you know i saw him play a little bit for georgia tech he's got some skills i i I think that's gonna be interesting trey mosley specifically at michigan state because man he's the lone wolf out there it's wide receiver you know michigan state um man they don't have uh, a lot of skill guys that wow you, right? I mean, they lost a lot of talent, and they got a lot. Of, they got transfers, and they got some. They got some interior linemen both sides. But Trey Mosley is going to have a lot of pressure on him. I'm just curious to know how he's going to handle that. And obviously, all three Michigan players. I mean, I mean, that's great. I mean, I you know you can just hang out there. But what I do though, just so you you know, my strategy on 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 these media scrums when we when we get into what there's seven little booths, right? Isn't it seven little booths, one for each team? Right. Uh, of each day. You know, there's seven on Wednesday, seven on Thursday. So we have the the big session with the coach and then lunch and then we, we break into these groups. And and I tend I don't know what you do, but what I tend to do is go against the grain. I go I'll go talk to um you know, uh, the third tier, less notable player from Penn State or 
or Maryland or, you know, somebody who doesn't have a lot of people around. And it's, you you can learn from guys I really not even familiar with. I like those talks. I got them all to myself in some cases, right? Yeah. Have you ever done that? I mean, that is oh, very – It was even better in the pre-podium days. Oh, when, with, the, with the tables? Big round tables. Oh, my God. Oh, my – I had Max Bola – Michigan State for like 35 minutes all by myself. It was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was like you have your own private energy. It's yeah, nuts. absolutely. And that was uh, – it's a little bit different now. They've they've got them behind uh, – into mics behind podium. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. The camera to there. And, but uh, it's – you know, I, I do the same thing. I won't belabor the point on players, but I think you're dead on with, in terms of hearing from Michigan State players, Ohio State players, Marvin Harrison – and the aforementioned Cade Stover, uh, I definitely want to hear from because, you know, they are answering the question that Ohio State players have not had to answer in two decades. Uh, and that right. is, uh, you guys could lose a third straight to Michigan come November. Your thoughts about that? How much has that been the focus this winter? All those kind of things. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, they will definitely, they'll know it's coming and they will be ready for it. And uh, I just think it'll be fascinating to uh, get a, uh, an idea of their mindset after, like I said, something that hasn't been happening uh, for many, many years. And so now it's, it's time for them to be in the position that the Michigan players have been uh, all too often here in the in the recent past before we go on with uh with the football talk and there's plenty more to come we do want to take a moment to shout out to our sponsor on our tuesday night recruiting show and a longtime partner of the wolverine in lewis jewelers simple question guys is your daughter's engagement ring bigger than that of your wife if the answer is yes great news lewis jewelers can help it's stress-free and easy working with one of their non-commissioned expert trusted advisors, finding that perfect diamond. So stop by today, guys, and fix this family issue. Lewis Jewelers, your diamond store, and so much more since 1921. Visit them at their new location, 300 South Maple Road, Ann Arbor, or online at lewisjewelers.com. That's L-E-W-I-S-J-E-W-E-R-S dot Calm. That's Lewis Jewelers, where Ann Arbor gets engaged. And uh, we engage every week in uh, high-level Michigan football talk. We are going to continue that here. And uh, I have a question that has been sort of floating around in my head. And I, as a Michigan football historian, Jim Harbaugh calls himself that. We know Tom Crawford is also that. So uh, I, I don't think Jim Harbaugh would weigh in on this at this point because he wants to keep his present backfield happy. But uh, <laughs> when, when's the last time that Tom Crawford can remember a Michigan backfield, a Michigan backfield trio that was as solid as J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, and Donovan Edwards? Okay, so we're talking a quarterback and two running backs, right? Yes. Um, and uh, that's a great question, by the way. Uh, well, first of all, let me let me go on record as saying I don't, I, I don't, I think this one coming up 
at this stage of, you know, you know, it's before the, the season happens. So these from a preseason standpoint, right. More than potentially will run away with that award, if you will. Okay. Wow. I think, uh, yeah, really, yeah, I really do. I, I think that any of these three could end up in New York. I mean, when you start qualifying this thing, it's like any of them could end up in New York as Heisman candidates. Any of them could go uh, in, within the first two days of the NFL draft, maybe even the first day of the NFL draft, at least the first, at least the, the first um, two days. In fact, I, I have a, a gentleman's bet with a, a former Spartan football player who doesn't think Blake Corm's going to go in the first two days. Mm. the NFL draft and I think he's crazy I think Blake Quorum's gonna go in those first two days the first three rounds of the NFL draft I mean these are three quality gets so they're they're at the top of the heap so we're so I'm gonna preface this as these these backfields and I got a couple of them in mind as I mull this through um would be second and third okay Okay. Again, I'm going to go back to my old days, which I probably do too much. But um, 1977 and 78, both seasons, Ricky Leach at quarterback, Harlan Huckleby at tailback, Russell Davis at fullback. Okay, they're running the eye, right? Now, uh, Huckleby ended up with the Packers. Russell Davis played with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Rick Leach was more of a college quarterback. If he had been in a pro system, he might have been an NFL player. But in the NFL is not the gauge, so I don't know why I brought that up. But that that one sticks out to me as as maybe in in second place or and and then and then speaking of Jim Harbaugh, his '85 backfield had himself at quarterback, pretty good quarterback, right? Yeah. Jamie Morris, our mutual friend, Jamie Morris at tailback, and then you had sometimes you had two you had Wilshire and uh, Gerald uh, Thomas Wilshire was in there in the mix and Gerald White and sometimes they ran the wishbone with those remember that in the Iowa game Absolutely. so um that backfield uh Jim Harbaugh Jamie Morris Wilshire slash Gerald White that combo would be my other one um, what do you do you have any other candidates well i mean we had two that were very very similar because uh you you were talking about uh 77 78 i'm looking at 1976 when you had the aforementioned rick leach you had harlan huckleby but you also had rob lytle yeah very good very good i yeah. mean this guy yeah. was could certainly be your your lead tailback yeah and, what am i thinking that way yeah you're right that's a good that's a good but, uh well i mean they're both good but i mean oh yeah bo Schembechler himself told me that one of his all-time favorites was Rob Lytle, and it was for the reason that he could be uh, a tremendous tailback, but he unselfishly was willing to go to fullback and help his teams out. And right. so I know that he had uh, just unlimited admiration for Rob Lytle in that way. So that, that's a, that would be way up there. Um, I had 86, Harbaugh, Morris, Gerald White. Um, those guys, as you mentioned, were were very good. It's I've got a couple of more, but there it always seems like there's, you know, two of the three that are two of the three. Okay. Yeah, two of three, because you got 92, you had Elvis Gerback, a heck of a quarterback. And Tyrone Wheatley was remember the Rose Bowl? Yeah. Okay. But who's the other running back? I mean, Eddie Davis? I mean, so do you Yeah. 
Right. I mean, Ed Davis was a rotation kind of guy in there. He was. He was. And then you fast forward two years, and you've got Wheatley and, and Bianca Batuka, two great, great running backs. Todd Collins, a serviceable quarterback. I don't. I don't. In '93. In '93, you're talking 94. about. '94. No. '94. Oh yeah, Wheatley's was Wheatley's last year '94. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, and the Bianca Batuka was on his own in 95 and had the big game, the 300-plus against Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. And then yeah. 2006, I mean, you're not going to find a better company than Henny and Hart, but your number three guy there. Now, Who was that? I will say he was an uh, outstanding offensive contributor in the voting after that year, but it was uh, Ole Olibo. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. A, a very unselfish, tough fullback, but the guy wasn't going to go for 200 yards in Columbus like a Donovan. Yeah. So what? So what? In essence, what happened was, you know, offenses changed, and when you had a, you know, the feet instead of having a, you know, a blocking back or you know, a, an I formation, where you got a lead back. You got you had a single setback and a feature back, and you had a guy who would kind of go in and out as a. As, so it's, it's hard to, like you said, it's hard to use a that three-person criteria. And we really have a hard time doing it this year. Yeah. I mean, when you say, oh, yeah, you know, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, you know, is that what, what a stellar combination. Are they going to be in there all the – are they going to be in there, there together? And and when they're in there together, is Donovan going to be in the slot as some type of a hybrid thing? I mean, why wouldn't he be – you know, he's a great tailback. We saw that in the Ohio State game last year. It's really – this is the most interesting thing of those first few games when Michigan's heavily favored is how they use those two guys. Yeah. That's more compelling to me than anything. Even the new I, for anything. There. I mean, uh, you know, Jerome Moore gets to uh, start flipping the switches on his own and how he uses those two guys in combo will, yeah. uh, will be watched very, very closely. And I think that uh, there's some opportunities to, to be there. I mean, Jamie Morris and I have talked about that endlessly uh i know it's uh the former great michigan tailbacks opinion that they need to find a way to keep them on the the field 75 80 percent of the time together we'll see if that that happens but um as a as a former very successful michigan tailback uh, that's that's jamie morris's thing this offseason find a way to have those guys out there together yeah yeah feature of this uh present season i mean it's you know if you ask this to harbaugh i i'm quite convinced he would say you know that that's secondary that doesn't matter we're locked in on this season but no team and no program in the history of college football has won a thousand games at some point in this year unless it's not the year we expect it to be that's going to happen. Win number 1,000 will happen this year. My question to you is, which game will it be? If if Michigan runs the table into the Maryland game, it will be Maryland. If they drop a game before that, it could be <laughs> Ohio State. Okay. <laughs> You're asking me to answer the question right now. <laughs> Which game's gonna? When? When's one thousand gonna come? Well, I, you know, I'm gonna. Uh, 
I'm going to tip my hand a little bit to what a comment I'm going to make later on in the uh, in our in our Wolverine live. So I will say I'll just say this, and I you know I'm I'm flipping on this Penn State game maybe because Ballas picked Penn State to beat Michigan. Uh, maybe I he has credit I have credibility issues with Chris Ballas. <laughs> So I'm going to pick Michigan to be Penn State. So it's the Maryland game, Maryland game on the road, which is that ultimate sandwich game I keep freaking out about. Um, and it will be a tough game. Uh, it'll be it'll be uh, the Maryland game on the 18th. Okay. Well, what if it's what if it's what if they do stub their toe, and the the, the one win number one thousand against Ohio State in Ann Arbor? Would that, that rather that, have that? Right, uh, be very like fit. That? <laughs> and uh, a really nice round number to uh, to get your third win in a row against Ohio State and put number one thousand up on the board. But I agree with you, Tom Crawford. I think, and uh, and I know my uh, my friend and colleague Chris Ballas uh, likes the Nittany Lions in that game uh, at Penn State. But I just think that that game, that Michigan will be as motivated and as ready talent-wise to compete at a high level in that game as Michigan was back on Judgment Day, 1997. When the Wolverines went in and took over Happy Valley, took over State College, took over that stadium, and I, I... I'm not predicting 34 to 8 or anything like that, but I think that Michigan is going to win that game and win it convincingly. So another uh, another aspect to this season is uh, if Michigan takes care of business, if Michigan finds itself back in the uh, Big Ten championship game, it's going to have an opponent that will be expected to Lose to the East because since we've gone East and West, West has never won. Yeah. This isn't about who you think will win. If you could choose a team from the West to win the West and uh, and be the opponent for whoever wins the East, but especially if it's Michigan, who would you pick? Well, this is too easy, man. Uh, come on, JP. I mean, you remember those arguments we had? Um, not arguments, but discussions about J.J. McCarthy versus Cade McNamara, right? Well, they, well let's settle oh, this whole thing, right? <laughs> uh, absolutely. And they weren't so much arguments as Tom Crawford bestowing his infinitely greater wisdom on me. Uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> I was dead wrong. Tom Crawford was dead right. I think there were some circumstances that helped that along faster sure. than we might have yeah. thought. But, hey, it was what it was, J.J. McCarthy. And I agree with you. J.J. McCarthy versus Cade McNamara. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I think that would be a, a riot to see down in Indianapolis. And, uh, you know, some Michigan fans would say, no, that would mean them having the success and winning the West and – and Cade McNamara said some things on his way out and those sorts of things. I don't care about any of that. I wish him the best. He was the guy that did the breakthrough game against Ohio State. He was he was there on hand. 
tip your cap to him, wish him the best. And I would love to see that showdown in Indianapolis. Yeah. And, and, and it's, a, it would be, the, it's the last time, if I'm not mistaken, it's West versus East. I mean, it's moving forward on the big 10 championship game. It's going to be the top two teams, right? Absolutely. And then you're going to get the, the weird stuff, you know, Michigan, and Ohio state may be playing back to back and that's fine. Um, whatever it takes. But um, so this is the last East versus West. And I just think that would be a, a fitting into it. Yeah, I think so too. I think that would be uh, a lot of fun. Good way to end the old East versus West. And of course, you know, keep, keep the East streak alive in yeah. that, uh, in that not very storied East versus West saga. Um, I mentioned Cade McNamara having some things to say after he left that Michigan fans weren't exactly crazy about. We got that going on this week when uh, Dickinson switching to basketball um, basically said that uh, Kansas felt a little more Midwest friendly than uh, than Michigan because ah, they, the, the, the people were just a little bit nicer. Your thoughts on uh, on that? And I know you've had a lot to say about Hunter Dickinson the last couple of years. And uh, Tom Crawford, in your mind, where's that coming from? Well, I mean, I, I had a lot of things to say to him and a couple of times on, you know, with that podcast about especially taunting opponents. I, you know, Hunter Dickinson, I, you know, I, he's uh, when you talk to him, he's a he's a nice kid. I mean, he's not he's a nice kid. He's respectful. And but but some of the stuff he says on social media and now when it, when a guy transfers. Right. And, and and spouts off against the and is disrespectful to the team he left. Uh, that he played, you know, for you know three solid years and had a great opportunity. Um, when he badmouthed, it's just it's it, it's you know it it does it's not a good look, you know it 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 has zero credibility in my mind because it looks like he's just, you know, he just has some resentful things um, because they didn't for whatever reason that they parted their ways and we really don't know, but um, I. Hunter is now becoming this incredibly self-absorbed individual. I mean, why would you make a comment? Why would you make a broad brush comment? And you're you're talking about my, my generalizing. You know, people in in Kansas are friendlier than people. How the hell do you know, dude? I mean, what you 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 work in the you work in the state? I mean, I don't understand. He's been there a few, and then and then a lot, you know what was it three or four weeks ago? He's he's saying all oh, Kansas's practices are way tougher. Mike, you're not even into the practice. You're playing summer. You know, even summer workouts. Um. So where's the? I mean, I don't understand. That's not apples to orange. Apples to apple. I, I, the whole thing. He needs to keep quiet. And I'm just I'm burned out on him, and he's left. Yeah. And God forbid Kansas wins the national championship because I don't want him. I don't want him to have a good experience. I. I'm, I just think he hasn't handled this. I've lost a lot of respect for him, a ton of respect uh, since he left. But, you know, there's other finer kids on that program that I can gravitate towards. Let me let me preface this with a couple of caveats. Number one, I am really glad that nobody put a mic in front of me when I was 21 or 22 years old because 
I might have said some dumb things too, especially if I was ticked off and uh, and I had a platform and I was in the moment. Uh, also, we are in an era where there is a lot coming at these guys as well in terms of social media. And I'm sure that Hunter Dickinson has heard a few things since he left that um, coming from people that are much older than 21 or 22, that probably stung a little bit, that, that he might not have liked so much. That All that said, Tom Crawford, I think you're exactly right in that, you know, you, you need to be in the spotlight that he is. He's a, he's you know, a young man that plays in the spotlight, but you have to be able to handle that better. Well, I mean, I'm, how do I word this? How do I word How does this come out right when I say this? Uh, I got to think this thing through. Okay. I want to go back to the Michigan-Michigan State game last year, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, the horrific shooting at Michigan State. University of Michigan, um, you know, I was so proud of my school my alma mater, what they did, the tribute, and all that stuff. And the players said good stuff, and they wore, you know, Spartan, you know, top, all this, all these things that Michigan did, okay? And then Hunter Dickinson, in the latter part of this game, he hits a crucial three-point shot, okay? And he goes down um, in front of the Michigan State bench and looks at the bench and doesn't, you know, I, I can't even word, I'm not going to word it on this podcast. You know what I'm talking about. Sure. Uh, it's an obscene gesture, okay? Why do you do that? Yeah. And, you know, and that disgusted me. We've, we've, all said that was accomplished. And you, and you, and right in front of Izzo. Yeah. And I talked to Tom Izzo about it. Okay. Yeah. And, I, you know, and, and, you know, Izzo knows I don't like Michigan State as a team. I mean, I like him. I mean, I like, I respect people, but I mean, that bothered me as much about it. Why do you, I mean, I saw it at the time. Here he goes again. I just, I don't care if you're, you're 21. That's no excuse. That's your third year of high level competition in NCAA college basketball. That's ridiculous. So it just kind of falls right into that, John. That you can of. say the same thing about things that he had to say about Wisconsin's program. Oh my God. And absolutely. And, and, and so there is, I get it in a big spotlight and people want you to, and, and he takes the, roll on as villain sometimes, but you, you've got to, uh, I mean, he can be a very likable young man. Like you just said. need to, you need to be that way beyond whoever is cheering yeah. for you at the moment. And yeah. Yeah. no, I think he's capable of it. I would like to see, uh, make sure that he grows out of that at some point. You know, uh, otherwise you're, you, you wind up as Bill Lambeer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, so, uh, that's, that's enough about Hunter, right? Yep. Absolutely. We're coming down. <laughs> now we're going straight into Tom's take to wrap this thing up. Okay. One more thing with the only, the only time we're going to talk about Hunter is that they play, they face Michigan in the uh, national championship game. Then we'll talk about Hunter Dickens. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm ready. <laughs> I'm um, my my Tom's take um, today. I I, I kind of gave you a little a little uh, sneak preview on it when I talked about that Penn State game. Listen, I you know I had Michigan um, a, a few weeks ago. We were kind of I was kind of teasing my foreshadow what was going to happen 
because I do indeed think Michigan's going to win the national championship here in 23 season. They're going to go to Houston and they're going to win a national championship. Okay. I just, they're going to go to the Rose bowl and then they're going to go, you know, and win that semifinal and then, uh, and then win the national championship. So, uh, and I'm going to have them doing it 15 and 0. I really am. And that's crazy as that might seem. And, um, you know, I'm throwing all the, the jinx elements at it and the whole bit and, and uh, I picked Michigan to go undefeated in 76, and that didn't work out. So, because 76. So, um, that's that's my that's my take that this is going to be an undefeated season. I'm not saying there are not going to be some tight games, and I, I think there could be three or four of these white knucklers. Um, believe it or not, and that's what it takes to win a to to go undefeated. Um, but I think I, I feel good about the Ohio State game. I feel good about the Penn State game. I see. I remember that sack on that first series against Glenn Steele had against Penn State to set the tone. I think Michigan's going to defense is going to, you know, shine early on in that game. So 15 and 0, Michigan fans, you heard it here first. <laughs> not much I can do to top that, and I'm not even going to try. Hey, all I'll say is for them to do that, they've got to take the next step, obviously. And the next step is to get in the ring with a uh, a fired up and uh, feeling uh, overlooked TCU squad yeah. or a, an NFL talent loaded Georgia squad and get the job done. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Harvard says it's going to happen this year. Watch out for it. We'll see it all unfold. We'll be talking about it every Tuesday night and uh, lots of times that aren't Tuesday night, but come back and hear us on the Wolverine live. We'll be uh, discussing what's coming up next with the uh, big 10 meetings in the, and right down through camp, everything about it. Tom, great to have you with us. Appreciate you being here. Always a pleasure, JB. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.